All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey guys, Tim here. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Or maybe you've got one that just doesn't seem to be growing the way you want it to. I'm going to be teaching an online course to share everything I've learned about growing Dropping the Gloves. In this course, we'll be covering how to start your own show and plan your content, monetize your podcast, build an audience, create a brand identity, leverage audience feedback, and analyze data in a way that's actionable. Here's the catch, though. You can find information about basically all of those things from a simple Google search. So I'm not going to share boring how-tos or best practices. Instead, I'll be sharing real stories from our experience with growing the show and the important lessons we learned along the way. Mistakes we made, what we wish we did differently, and how we turned a fun side project into a real business. And most importantly, how you can apply these lessons to your own podcasts. It's a 90-minute class that you can attend either of two nights, October 23rd and November 14th. You can find a link to more information in the bios of any of our social media pages, but also feel free to message me if you have any questions. I hope to see you there. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. It's a beautiful October. It's October, Tim. 85 degrees yesterday. It's crazy. Thank you for joining us. We're here. We're live, Tim. It's video time. We we upgraded the studio, <laughs> aka my office. You updated your studio, aka your mansion in North Carolina. So we're here. What do you think, everybody? Let us know. If your listeners only on what? Spotify and Apple? Where, where can they find this video, Tim, of our fancy new uh, sets here? We're going to be uploading every single episode to YouTube, not just the interviews like we've been doing for the past couple of years, but now you can watch every episode on YouTube every week. And this was not our idea. I'll just be frank about that because I don't like my face uh, very much. Apparently, sponsors like video. And I like money. So I need to do video to get money. Right, Tim? That's the only reason why we're doing this. We were almost forced into it. The transfer property. In order to get money, you got to do video to please the sponsors. Here we are. So I have my first game sheet there for the Minnesota Wild playing the Detroit Red Wings. I got my first goal over there. I scored with the Sabres versus the Leafs. That's actually my all-star game jersey. It's what I could find in storage. I have so much stuff everywhere. This is this is the only stuff I could find. My Michigan Tech stuff here. 
my my clothing line up in Michigan Tech, tougher up tougher up north, up with periods because the Upper Peninsula, UP. I came up with that. Very clever. And Tim has Tim needs to pick his game up. It's it's not it's not great. It's the whole thing because I only had what was like kicking around in my apartment. All my cool stuff's up in storage in Boston. So I'll I'll step it up. Don't you worry. Do you have the picture of you and Gronk in the club where he's 25 feet away? Gronk was with me in the club. Let's and let's you're be trying to pretending that. to put his arm around him like, hey, I'm with Gronk at the club. Picking mozzarella sticks off my plate, no big deal. Could you get a hold of him if you wanted to? Yeah. No. I can't connect my my sources. I can't reveal them. Is I have, six six degrees of separation. It would be. Thing? I would get. I could text someone that would get his number today if you want. If I wanted. Do it. Why? I want to see if you can. It's like those memes where they used to like call Facetime the most famous person you know, see if they'll answer, and then they just hang up on them. Would you answer if I Facetimed you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, why not? You know what I was I was thinking yesterday. I was upset at my kids. This is totally a different topic, but I think about stuff a lot that annoys me. And you know what my biggest grievance is? Loading the dishwasher. Do you have a dishwasher, Tim? I do. Would you put a strainer in the dishwasher that you use to strain pasta? Probably not just because it's too big. It takes so up so much big. room. It yeah. takes up so much space. My kids have gotten so lazy with loading the dishwasher. They'll throw in a strainer and a big pot that was boiling the pasta in, and it just takes up the whole stinking dishwasher and they walk away. It drives me nuts. I am like a Nazi with how I load the dishwasher. Everything has to be in order. Everything has a place. If it's too big, you wash it by hand. It's all about efficiency. It, I'm, I'm sure parents can relate to this because we're in the... Pr- stage now where our kids clean the kitchen after dinner you know i watched my wife cook they get to clean that's how it works so me and my wife they go we've we've done our job the kids sweep they wipe down the counters and the tables and they load the dishwasher and then i'll wash the bigger things like the pans and the cast iron pans stuff like that but they're starting to get lazy tim it drives me bonkers i open up the dishwasher and there's a stinking strainer in there I'm like, this takes up the whole bottom rack. Like, what are, what are we doing here? I don't know. Stuff like that drives me crazy. Absolutely drives me crazy. And then they use, so they have kids cups and then we have adult cups. Yesterday for dinner, they're all drinking out of adult cups, glass, big guys. I'm like, where's all their plastic cups? You guys have at least 15 cups. It's because they use them for breakfast, put in the dishwasher. Use them for lunch, put them in the dishwasher. By the time dinner rolls around, there's 12 cups in the dishwasher. And they've probably taken like 10 sips out of them total. Like just, just save them, have them all day, one cup a day. Man. How many, is there just always like the dishwasher always going in your house? Is the laundry machine just always going? If I had a water bill, it would be through the roof, but I'm on well, so I don't, but it's always going nonstop. I I started the dishwasher this morning because I went to get a spoon for my daughter. There's no spoons, nothing. These kids, I th- and I find cups all over the house, all over the property. Like, it drives me nuts. I don't know. If you have kids, you probably can relate, especially if you have a lot of a big family. It's just test your patience, Tim. It really does. You wouldn't get that, Tim. You don't really have a lot of responsibilities. Don't don't beat yourself up. Why do you say had, that? 
Last week, you told me that if I died, it wouldn't really make a ripple. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I had some people I, reach out about that. Your mom? No, no, she doesn't listen. You have to leave a legacy. That's what I'm trying to do with my life. I actually thought about this a lot. It's when I die, what am I leaving behind? Okay. And so you want to leave a legacy. You want to have some property to give your family. You want to have something to show for, for your time on this earth. Do you have that? I'm not done yet, John. I'm not going to die tomorrow. You've been hit by a car twice this year. Yeah. <laughs> so? <laughs> I guess... car, man. I guess your biggest kind of footprint is you've hitched your car to me. And so that's that's something. I'm going to do it with Connor Bedard. Uh, leave me in the dust. This is not how this podcast was supposed to go. I don't know how we got here. We haven't talked about anything yet. You instituted this. Let's get to hockey because hockey started. And there is some news. Trevor Zegras, one of the biggest pampered sissy boys we've seen in recent ages. He finally signed a contract. He wanted $10 million per eight years. He wanted to be paid like the big boys. Well, things don't always work out as planned, Trevor. He gets three years at 5.75 per, which is life-changing money. Like, that's still an insane amount. The guy's going to make 16-some million dollars in the next three years. He's going to be set for life. But why didn't he get Matthew Boldy-type numbers? Why didn't he get Batherson-type numbers? Why didn't he get all these other young, upstart, entry-level contract kids who are putting up big numbers, Tim? Why, why did he get less when he's done more than other guys? Short answer is I don't know. Um, that's kind of one of my questions because you look at like those names you just mentioned, plus the Tim Stutzel, um, Brady Kachuk signed a big contract early on. Even um, there were just lots of them, and so Dylan Cousins is making a lot more than than Trevor Zegers. So why isn't he up in that upper echelon? He's he's been pretty productive. I think he's probably got because he's so flashy that maybe his his actual talent is a little overlooked. He's got sixty ish points in his last two seasons. Still young. Not surrounded by a ton of talent. I feel like if he's on a better team, he's maybe putting up another 70 points or something like that. So I feel like he's a pretty productive player, but I don't know how much confidence Anaheim has in him that they weren't willing to commit long-term to him right now. Yeah, he's your prototypical forward. He's six foot, as Patrick Sharp would say, as he would say it daily, I'm the perfect athlete, six foot, 200 pounds. He said that's the perfect body. That's Zegras. He's six foot, 200 pounds. He's a first-round draft pick, ninth overall He's done well in his first two full seasons, 20-plus goals both years on a bad team, like you mentioned. He should sign a big ticket. He should get eight years. The team should want to invest in this guy. The writing is on the wall. The reason they're not investing is because he's a piece of trash. Okay. What? John, you can't just say what you're thinking all the time. We talked about this. It's the truth, though. If I'm a GM, I'm licking my chops trying to get this guy under contract for eight years. Why would you not? He's young. He's talented. He's a goal scorer. He has the looks, Tim. He's a handsome fellow. Why would I not want to sign this guy to a long-term deal? There's only one reason that makes sense. It's because he's a jerk. He does stuff. He says stuff. He gets under people's skin. Players on his own team probably don't like him. That's the only reason why he's not signing a big ticket right now. When you look at Matt Boldy, before he signed his big contract, he had scored 15 goals. That's it. 15. 
and he goes and signs a $7 million contract for seven years. He scored 15. Zegers has gone back-to-back years with 23. That's more than 15. He's consistent, and he's only 22 years old. Boldy's a nice kid. Billy Guerin trusts him. Verbeek has been around Zegers, and he's a jerk, in my opinion. Never met him. But why? what else makes sense to you? Why? Why would you not want to lock this guy up for eight years, Tim? I don't know, but you, you can't go on TV next week and just say things that you don't know to be true. That's how people get fired. Why? Um, is, how is it? How can I have my opinion? You just I said he's a I know jerk. You've fact. never met the guy, you, and you can't speak for Verbeek or his, his teammates probably don't like him, you just said. this is. I did not say that. You just did say that. Let's roll the tape. Well, Whatever. There's a reason he's not signed long term. Well, it's a that's big issue. And I, I'm reading the tea leaves. It is what it is. People can take it or not, but he's only making $5.75 million. I think it's a fine contract. Verbeek still controls his rights when he gets to 25. This is a lose, lose, lose for Trevor Zegras. Bridge contracts are supposed to be more money, shorter term, or you're supposed to go long term with a little bit less money because the team's investing in you and taking a risk on you long term. It's a lose-lose for him. He's a young, exciting player. He only signs for 5.75 for three years, and you're still under team control. Pat Verbeek dominated this negotiation. Knocked it out of the park. I like Pat Verbeek. Brings in Alex Kaloran, unfortunately gets injured. Kaloran's got character through the teeth. I like that a lot. Doesn't kowtow to Trevor Zegris. He wants a he wants money like everybody else. Verbeek looked him straight in the eye and said, You're a jerk, allegedly. And he only gives him 5.75. I think it's fantastic. Ryan Strom's a good contract. He has no outrageous deals on this team. Yes, they have to bring in some talent. There's still some work there to do in Anaheim. They were the last place team in the league last year, but I like what he's doing. He's not overextending himself and panicking because they're not a good team. There, there's some room to grow there. They have one of the best goalies in the league. Their best player is on injured reserve and in Isaac Lundstrom. So there is some room to grow in Anaheim. So there you go. Good for Pat Verbeek. We should get Zegris on the show. Do you think he listens? You burned a lot of bridges with some players, and he's probably one of them, calling him a jerk. What would you rather I do? And I, I pose this question to the listeners. Would you rather I be worried about players not coming on the show and I just compliment everybody and say, oh, you know what? That's a great deal for Zegris. He should be happy with that. He's going to have a great year. Everybody loves him. I did. I, I took his side when he was doing the hot dog stuff. When he was, you know, wrapping it around doing the Michigan goal. I'm like, good for him. He's going to do it. If I played against him, I'd probably break his arm because he would embarrass me. But if he can do it, good. Go. I love the skill level. This 5.75, I think, speaks speaks volumes. It's, it says more than I could ever say. So there's a reason, Tim. What do you, people can uh, see your, people can see your reactions now. Okay. Yeah. No, so I your like little that. side eyes and your eye rolls. Now people are going to see what I have to deal with on a daily basis with you. I, I like what you said. The 5.75 says more than what I could say. I think that's, that's, I mean, you look at, I mean, oh gosh, like the names of players who are making more than him. And I'm just looking at a list of players who are, 24 and younger and it's like right above him Darlene, Boldy, Cousins, Heashier, Pedersen, Fechnikov, Robertson, Hughes, Caulfield, Suzuki, Norris, Hughes, Thomas, Kachuk, Stutzel, Heiskanen, Makar. 
They're all I would, probably better. I would take them. every one of those players over Zegris. Right. But the fact that some of these guys signed contracts two or three years ago yeah. for more money than Zegris is signing right now, which is crazy. That's the key when he signs it and why he signed it. So I don't know. Good for them. He's there for three more years. Hopefully he matures and just goes out and does his job and just all the other stuff just goes away. But he seems much like younger kids. They like the social media stuff. They enjoy it. It's how they get their clicks. It's how they get confidence and affirmation. It's an, it's a new breed. I don't like it. I don't really care for it. But anyways, moving on. Another young player who's looking for a contract and is not really working out. It's because there's no more money to be thrown around. The Ottawa Senators, Shane Pinto, not close to a deal, Tim. What's going on with him? Yeah, so it seems like the gap keeps getting wider and wider. Pinto is reportedly pretty disappointed. The recent offer is in a one-year, $1 million range, and he's looking for 2.5. So he's a young kid. He's 22 years old, had 35 points last year. He's a good two-way center that the Sens fans are very, very excited in. I think he's a third-line center right now. But he's like, he's going to be good. And so he's very disappointed in the one-year, $1 million offer. But like you said, there's not a lot of money going around in that roster. He scored 20 goals last year. Like, if you can get this guy locked up, and the thing is, Ottawa already invested in their team. They have their guys. So if Shane Pinto wants to be on this team long-term, maybe he's going to have to play ball. Maybe they give him a five-year, $2 million deal. I don't know. It's it's even strange they're even negotiating for a one-year deal right now, but they got Stutzel, Kachuk, you got Drew locked up, you got Batherson, you got Joseph, you mentioned Norris. You got all these guys locked up long-term, and then you go and look at your books, it's like, we got no money left. Hopefully the cap raises next year to $92 million like everybody's talking about, but if it doesn't, we're we're in a lot of trouble. So they they've made their dance card. It's full. They got the guys. So I, I like Shane Pinto. He's the type of player that you need on your team to be successful. I, I always hearken back to the Chicago Blackhawks, the the teams that I were I was on who was successful. He's a he's a Dave Bolin type player. He's very feisty. He can play defense like nobody else, but he can put points on the board. Bowley would put up 40 points, quiet about it, but he could. Pinto last year, 35 points, and he's only getting better. He's 22, second round draft pick. So Hopefully they can get something done. We'll have to get Brady on the show. Every time he endorses a player, he gets big money. Absolutely bonkers contract for Jake Sanderson after he was on the show. $8 million. So we'll get him back on. He'll talk about Shane Pinto. The GM will feel the crunch. Bingo, bingo, bongo. We got a deal. All right, moving on. What else are we talking about? We mentioned Alex Killar. Bad news. He was a big signing for the Anaheim Ducks this offseason. Going to come in and mentor the young kids. The Zegerses, Detroit Terries of the world. He's out. Suffered a fractured finger on Wednesday versus San Jose. Four to six weeks. Must be an important finger. <laughs> to be four. That's a long time. That's like a month and a half. B- bad break for Anaheim? Or does it even move the needle? This team's not supposed to be good this year, Tim. No, it's not a huge impact for like how good this team could be or won't be without him. But it's more just sucks for the guy. It sucks for the player. Um, four to six weeks for a broken finger is a long t- like which finger do you think it is? For it, would it be the thumb? It's got to be the thumb or the index, one that controls the stick. Because the if grip. it's a pinky or the ring, those ones you could honestly lose, and it's not a big deal. But it's got to be an important one. It, it has to be the index, right? You figure probably. Yeah. Yeah. When I was with the Rangers, 
I remember someone went down to block a shot. I think it was Dubinsky or Callahan. And he broke his hand. And at that time, only a few guys had the plastic shield on the front of the gloves. That that square piece of plastic wasn't common. Only a few guys had it. The very next day, every glove in the locker room had it on. Torch said, I'm done with this. We're putting plastic on everybody's gloves. I'm sick of it. Didn't even have a say in it. So I wonder if that's just the norm throughout the league. I haven't checked guys' gloves, but it makes sense to have that on there. And as an added benefit, if you're in a scrum and you punch someone with your glove and you have that plastic shield on the on the front there, oh, break their cheekbone. Like it's it's a weapon on your glove. I don't even know what that is that you're talking about. Oh, piece of plastic. It's a piece of hard plastic that goes on the outside of your glove and it just covers your your hand. So when you go to block a shot and you're holding your stick, it's it's another added layer of plastic to kind of cover the foam because the gloves aren't that padded. And that's I think it was Doobie or was it Callie? I can't remember. Now that I think of it, it might have been Gerard. But one of those guys broke their hand, and the next day, everybody had it on their hand. So, I don't know. Tough break, literally, for Kalorn and uh, Anaheim. We'll see what. He'll come back. It'll be fine. They'll be in last place when he comes back, so it's not a big deal. Derek Stepan, retired. 33 years old. Somewhat surprising. Played a ton of games with the, the aforementioned Rangers. I met him in New York. I trained with him in Minnesota for years and years and years. Great guy. Fantastic guy. Surprised, right? Because you feel like he could have just carved out a nice niche as a fourth line guy. Maybe throw him on the second power play if you need a little juice. Take a, take a face off in the defensive zone if you need a win face off. He's really good in the circle. So I don't know. What do you think about this? Not a big surprising transaction, but just, you know, he played almost a thousand games. Yeah, notable player, 890 games. He not a huge productive season last year, 11 points, but he it was some big goals for for Carolina. He scored some big goals in the playoffs. He's just an important part of that roster and so yeah, I feel like he still could have been a productive NHL player if he wanted to, but I don't know, at this point in your career, maybe it's not worth putting your body through it. I was looking through um his stats and I always feel like I had a soft spot for guys like him, like those middle six centers who can move up do anything like Derek Broussard, same type of thing. Paul Stasny uh, in the second half of his career, like players like that. I just, they're so important to a winning team. And Stepan did his job. He had 55 points pretty much almost every single year for the first eight or nine seasons in his career. Like a good, good player. Yeah. He skated alongside Gabrick and Martin St. Louis and yeah. Callahan and Brad Richards. And like, he was the guy in New York for a long time. So yeah, sad to see him go. I'm going to reach out, try to get him on the show. He would, uh, he'd love to come on. He was giving Seth Jarvis a hard time. Remember when Seth came on the show? Yeah. Mr. Podcast, Mr. Mr. Worldwide. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we can get Derek on and kind of get him going. But anyways, Tim Bruins cracking the ice last night. What'd you think? Big win for them or tough loss? Tough loss. They lost in overtime. Not fun. Not fun. But you know what? We got a new sponsor and I know you're upset. It stinks that the Bruins lost, but if you would have gambled on this game, 25% of your losses would have been going to your favorite charity. And this is going to parlay us into our new sponsor that we just signed on with. We're very excited. We haven't had a sponsor for a long time, Tim. We're very picky choosy on the show. We don't just take everybody. You know that. I know that. I don't know if the listeners know that. But our new sponsor is Give Better, B-E-T-T-O-R. We're kind of very excited to pair up with these guys. They have a very interesting business model. They're not an online betting site, but what they do is you go on their site 
you still get to do your sports betting. But the thing is, if you lose, 25% of your losses are donated to a nonprofit of your choice at no cost to you. And it's tax deductible. So it's a win-win-win. You're going to gamble anyways. All we want you to do is to go to Give Better. Sign up. All your losses, 25% you get to donate to a, to a charity of your choice. Right, Tim? And it's tax deductible. Am I, am I missing anything? No. I mean, you like, you like sports betting. We all do. But we lose most of the time if you're like me. But it'd be nice to know that some of, that, some of those losses are going to my favorite charity. So yeah, it's great. And then it's, it's live in Canada now. It's coming soon to the USA. So if you're in Canada, go to givebetter.com, sign up, use our little link, say we sent you. We'll get a little feedback from that. Or we have um, a link in our bio, right, Tim? If you're going to listen to it on YouTube, get it from our social media page. But check it out. It's very, it's it's a good thing. I try not to promote junk. We, we turn down a lot of ads, but this one is good. 25% is a big number. So if you bet $1,000, $250 goes to a charity of your choice. It's huge. You're going to lose anyways. Why not take some of that money and do some good with it? So go to givebetter.com, B-E-T-T-O-R. Check it out. Tell them we sent you. Just have some fun. No, no. Live in Canada, USA. I think it's January 1. It's coming to the the States. So, well, you can pre-register, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not yet. Check it out. Givebetter.com. Check out our social media page. Right, Tim? Give it a look. We're very excited. We'll be hearing a lot of Give Better over the next six, seven months, maybe a year, maybe 10 years. Who knows how it goes? Right, Tim? That's right. Turn your gambling losses into charitable donations. There's nothing There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing to lose. Nothing wrong with that. You know what else there's nothing wrong with? Bold predictions. Last year, the year before, the year before that. I get into hot water sometimes when I do these. People, yeah. get, people really grab onto them and they attack me. Personal attacks. So we're doing it again. I love this. It's fantastic. It's fun. This year, I'm going more positive. I'm going bold predictions for the positive side of things. Not you're going to have a junky year. You're going to have the worst year. Not Ovechkin's going to get 10 goals. I'm going to go for the positive. I'm going to look on the bright side of things. Glass half full. But first, we got to recap last year's. We never do this. But Tim wants to do it because a couple of his bold predictions almost came true last we year. We always own, do it, John. Never. This is we always do it. We never do. We never do this. You just want to pump your tire and show everybody, ooh, ooh, I beat Tim or I beat John. I'm Tim. So let's get through last year's predictions and we'll go over them, and then we'll talk about this year. So would you like to to tell them your bold predictions? Let's we'll do yours first. Okay. Uh, I'll, Phil, okay. Philippe Forsberg wins the Rocket Richard Trophy. I don't think he won it. He had, a, he had a bad year. This one, this next one stings. <laughs> this is pretty funny. <laughs> Jonathan Huberto leads the league in points. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, 55, right? He str- uh. struggled. Um, the Leafs will struggle early, which they did. And then they'll trade for goalie by December, which they did not do. So I, I was wrong in that one. Flames, Oilers, Western Conference Final. I got one of those teams right. And then Patrick Kane will be traded to Calgary. Rangers. Calgary stunk. I was all in on Calgary last year. I thought they were going to do great. Bring in Huberto. Bring in Uyghur. Bring in, who else did they get? Kadri. Oh, such a bad year for Calgary. Anyways, let's go to Tim's. He's so excited. You can see him now how he's shaking in his seat. He gets to talk about Jack Hughes and how he was right. Almost. John, so we're on your... video now. You can't lie about that because people are going to see and they're going to know that I'm not shaking in my seat. 
I'm you not get jumping super out excited. Of- you you can tell the anticipation in your face. So go ahead. Tell them tell them your bold predictions from last year. Jack Hughes to score 100 points. He had 99. I'm counting that as a win. I know you're not going to like that. That's a win. It's not 100. That's a win. <laughs> it's it's um, a very, very close loss. Bruins win Atlantic Division. That's a win. Leafs beat Panthers in first round. The The goal was for... The main point of that was the Leafs to win a playoff round. I'm surprised you even picked a team. Yeah. That's amazing. You should have just said Leafs win a first round series, but you went really detailed on that one. They lost to the Le- the Panthers in the second round, which is interesting. They did play them. Yeah, that is what happened. Uh, this is where I get really bad. <laughs> You're Eichel, such a jerk. <laughs> Eichel and Sagan combined for 75 goals. I, I thought Sagan was going to have a, a big um, bounce back here. Sorry, what? Did they did they get 75? I don't they know the answer. Not. They did not. I bet they combined for like 45. Um, so that was a tough one. And then the last one, Oilers win the president's trophy, which not terribly off, but, but definitely a loss. They, they a were close. What were they? They finished sixth. I should have known that the Bruins were going to have the best year of all time. So uh, it was a, it was a banner year for them until Bergeron decided he wanted to play in the playoffs and they blew that. Okay. Imagine they would have won. They would have won the Stanley cup right now. They honestly would have won. If if he doesn't play those three games, they win the cup, Bergeron and Krejci come back, and they run it back again. And we're, it's a completely different conversation this year for the Bruins. It, it is. So in that scenario, he wouldn't be on the roster to make them worse, but you want him coming back the next year to make them worse. He sets aside his pride and plays in the second round. They win game five, and they win four to one. He has three or four days to recover, get the time he needs, and then they win the second round versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. But instead, he wanted to be that guy. He wanted to come in and win the first round, and he cost him the playoffs. We've talked about this. You've talked about this. I'm not going to acknowledge it anymore. The hockey world has talked about this. He will go down as the most prideful, selfish <laughs> player of all time. Uh, yeah, okay. That's him. This that's year, him. bold predictions. I do it old school on a piece of paper. Don't look at the back. It's a contract. Don't look at the back. That's what I do. I like sign stuff, and then I use the other side for my notes. For the environment, Very right? Economical. Recycling, yeah. I tell you what, my boss... I'm at my job right now, engineering firm. He bought the nicest paper for our printer, so I feel bad throwing it out. This stuff is so thick compared to like the onion paper people usually have. I've told you this before, Tim. It's it's. I feel bad writing notes on it. It's so nice. Even just printing stuff off, I'm like, it's not worthy of this paper. My first bold prediction. Connor McDavid will get 175 points this year. When you look at his trajectory, First year, he gets 100 points. First full year, 1.22 points per game. Second year, 108 points, 1.31 points per game. Third year, 116, 1.48 points per game. Fourth year, 97 points in a shortened season, 1.51 points per game. Six, seven, eight, 105, 123, 153. 1.865 per game, roughly across the board. He's increasing every single year. And this year, 
He's going to get 175, 2.13 points per game. There's nothing that's going to stop this guy. Last year, he got 153. Is it that outrageous that he gets 22 more points? I don't think it is. I think the Oilers are going to have a very strong year. And I think he puts up 175, which is an insane number in these days. Like it's, it's unheard of for anybody to even scratch 150. And this guy did it last year and he made it look easy. If he stays healthy, 175, Tim. That's my first bold prediction. What do you think about that one? I like it. That would be exciting. I was thinking 160, like that two, 2.0 points per game getting up there would be totally attainable for him based on what he did. So yeah. The first 20 games, wasn't he clipping along at like three points a game? <laughs> like he was just dominating. So if he, if he just keeps it up, he's, he's very, very, very good. So anyways, what is your first bull prediction here, Tim? Okay. The first one here I'm going to start with is a positive team focused prediction. And that's that the Buffalo Sabres and the Ottawa Senators both make the playoffs. Ooh. So there's, there's a cluster of teams that I think are in this group where you're going to see at least two, maybe three, take a step back out of the playoffs. The Bruins will be in that mix, the Panthers, the Islanders, and this is where you and I disagree, the Rangers. I think in that group, there's going to be two teams that miss it completely. Um, and that bold prediction is that the Senators and Sabres take that leap. Everyone's wow. talking about one of them and which one's going to leapfrog the other. In this, in this prediction universe, it's both of them. In this scenario, you have the Leafs, the Lightning, the Sabres, the Senators, the Hurricanes, the Devils, the Penguins, and the Rangers, say. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, I could see it. That's plausible. Okay. I like it. I think, I don't know why you don't think the Rangers are that good. I just don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. Did you see Lafreniere, his back check during the one no. preseason game? It's so bad, Tim. He's going to get waved. It's so bad. He literally straight legs it from his blue line, from the offensive zone blue line to his blue line. And then he sees his man blow by him and he just like dives with his stick out. And it's just an easy pass across for a tap and call. It's so embarrassing. It, it, all right. My second bold prediction. Dougie Hamilton of the New Jersey Devils will lead all defensemen in points and win the Norris Trophy. I think he had a career. I don't think. I know he had a career year last year. He had 74 points in 82 games. He was plus 23. And it's only going to go north from there. The New Jersey Devils have a full season of Timo Meyer. That power play was average last year. 15th overall in the league, the Devils were. You think a power play of Meyer, Hearshire, Brat, Hamilton, and Hughes isn't going to be top five. I think they're going to take it to the next level next year. That's going to give him another 10 points. He's going to finish with 85 to 90, and he's going to have his career year. He's going to finally get his Norris. People are going to recognize that Dougie Hamilton has been and is one of the elite defensemen in the league. I'm all in on Dougie Hamilton this year. They were the fourth highest scoring team last year. They didn't lose anybody. They get a full season of Timo Meyer, who stunk in the playoffs. He's going to be motivated to play better. Dougie Hamilton's going to get all the offensive zone face-off, first-line power play minutes. The guy's going to knock it out of the park, Tim. So that's my that's my second bold prediction. Dougie Hamilton will lead all defensemen in, in points. More than Fox, more than McCarr, more than Carlson, more than all these other guys, Roman Yossi. It's Dougie Hamilton, the six foot six redhead from the New Jersey Devils. There you go. I like it. I hope you're right. I hope he does. I like Dougie. I love does that, that team. Does that sting you know. for the Bruins? 
though, because they had him. They could have locked him up long term, but they decided to let him go for some odd reason. I don't know why. He wasn't doing very well. He wasn't doing great. Plus, we have McAvoy. He's better. So you don't think he was doing good? What's what's the definition of good for a Bruins fan? I know he was a frustrating player. I mean, this is now off the top of my head. I have to th- go back and look, but yeah, he wasn't a, a player that we loved. We got, we got frustrated by him. He was there for three years. His last year, he was like 22. He had 42 points in 72 games. Yeah. He was so good. I don't know. I think they gave up on him too early. But I, yeah, totally right. Yeah. That's just I mean, look at him now. Yeah. I agree. Trade history. Let's see what he got traded for. He went from the Bruins to the Flames. The Bruins got Zach Shinshin, a first-round pick. They got Jacob Forceback Carlson, a second-round pick. And they got Jeremy Lazan, a second-round pick. What a dump of a trade for the Bruins. Yeah, Lazan's only the, he's the only NHLer, and he's like a bottom-pairing defenseman. So a first and two seconds for Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> Those bad. three guys where we were so excited about them for a few years too. They were going to be big prospects and big studs, but they didn't work out. Zach Shenchen played 14 games with the Bruins and got three points, three assists. That's it. <laughs> what a what a garbage. No, sorry, a goal and two assists. <laughs> bad GMing. All right. What is your second bold prediction? This one could go hand in hand with the one that you just said. My second prediction is that a defenseman not named Eric Carlson is going to have 100 points this year. So it could be, you know, the usual suspects, McCarr. It could be Quinn Hughes. It could be Fox. Maybe it's Dougie. Maybe it's someone we're not predicting yet. But another defenseman, not Carlson, is going to get 100. That is bold, considering Carlson was the first guy in 20-some years to get 100 points since Paul Coffey did it. It's a bold yeah. prediction. We said bold. So, it's, yeah. That's bold. These are these are more bolder than last year's. I, li- I like your picks. All right, my third one, maybe not too bold. I think the Boston Bruins will set the record for the most points drop in NHL history. Last year, they had 135 points. I think this year they drop 46 points and go down to 89 points. The record is 45. The 2006-2007 Philadelphia Flyers dropped 45 points from year to year. They went from 101 points to 56 points, Tim. Like, just an atrocious drop from the Flyers. Their highest points getter was Simone Gagne with 68. Mike Knubel, it was a bad year for the Flyers. But Bruins lose Bergeron, Krejci, Hall, Felino, Bertuzzi. They have a good decor. That's the thing that's going to make it interesting for them. They have great goalies and a very strong, you know, six defensemen. So that'll keep them in the games. But I just don't think they'll score goals. The East is strong. The teams on the bottom are still very strong in the East. The the bottom dwellers are good teams. The Washington Capitals, the Montreal Canadiens, they they can get wins. They got some good players on their roster. So I think the Bruins still fight for a playoff. Don't get me wrong. That's crazy. That just shows how good they were last year. But... 89 points for the Bruins this year. Set the record for the most biggest drop in NHL history. That's my third. What's your third tip? This one, this is kind of kind of a funny one. This is, I went back and forth on this, but this is where I'm going. Five teams from your favorite Pacific division make the playoffs. Five teams. How is it possible? They Which both, five? Both wildcard spots. Vegas, Oilers, Kings, 
Kraken are are the four teams that we all think will make it. And I think one of them, either Canucks or Flames, probably the Flames out of the two, will surprise us and, and squeak in. And you're going to see teams like Nashville, Winnipeg, even Minnesota take a step back. So it's not completely cre- no, I crazy. Could, I could see that. I could it's see one that. of those teams. And which is funny because you've been dumping on this division for three years. And I know you kind of took that back a little bit in the last month or so. Yeah. But yeah, five five teams from that division. I did say, you're right. I think it was last week that the Central is now the new Pacific to where this yeah. is a really bad division with the Blackhawks regrouping. Coyotes are always a mess. St. Louis down, Nashville down, Minnesota Wild, unfortunately, looks like they're on the downward ways. The Winnipeg Jets are very in flux with their roster. This one might not be that bold, Tim. That would be wild, Minnesota Wild, if that happened. All right, my fourth one. We need a lot of flack for this one. I'll say that first and foremost. I'm kind of switching teams on this one, but I'm doing it for my overall benefit. Tim's closing the blinds because he's not prepared. The sun's coming through. Alex Ovechkin leads the league in goals with 62. I love it. Here's my reasoning. Wait. Washington will what? I got to wrap my head around that for a second. Alex Ovechkin leads the league in goals with 62. Okay. Okay. Washington is going to be bad. Historically bad for the Capitals, even compared to last year. Not historically bad. I think they hold their record for the worst record in league history, but they will toy around with 30 wins. Like, they're going to be bad. They will be all in on trying to get this record for Ovi. Every pass is going to go his way in the power play. He's going to just camp out in the one-timer spot. He's going to totally just abandon the defensive zone. You know lacrosse? Yeah. Box lacrosse, when the attackers change and the D-man goes on and plays defense, and then they it just does it along the bench, so you get that extra 15 feet of space. That's going to be Ovechkin. He's not going to go back in his D-zone. He's just going to sit on the bench and wait to change, and he's going to come on. He's 38 years old, Tim. He's six foot three, 240 pounds. That's that's a lot of miles on a big body. Those bodies don't hold up that long. He gets 62 goals this year. And he's still 10 goals behind Gretzky. He doesn't break the record this year, but I think he leads the league in goals. That's my that's my bold prediction for this year. How many of those goals are going to be empty netters? Well, they're going to suck. So probably not many. They're not going to have the opportunity to get empty net goals. Maybe five, four. Okay. But I think it I think 30 will be power play. Or 25. Like he's gonna he's gonna fill the net on the power play. You think he might set the record for most shot attempts in the NHL? I wonder what that record is. He's gonna smash it. He's gonna be He's gonna oh way more than four hundred. You figure eighty-two games, the guy's gonna put up ten shots a game. He's gonna be eight hundred shots. <laughs> okay. Shot attempts. Sure. Shot attempts. All right. Okay. There, that's my fourth. My fourth one here, and this is another pretty bold one, I think. We're going to see. I, I kept noodling around something to do with Bedard, right? Tim pats himself on the back always. This is really bold. Good job, Tim. Okay, do you want to play that game? You like playing, uh, like surprising people. You guys might not know this. I, I like to think. I think a lot. I think about stuff. I am a like, Okay, John, thanks. Um, I do that as a joke, though. <laughs> I, I think, think people realize that. Uh but I'm thinking about Bedard and what predictions I want to have around him. But I feel like this stuff is like, oh, he's going to get 80 points, 100 points, whatever. It's kind of boring because everyone's doing it. Here's where I'm going with it. There are going to be three rookies this year who are going to score at least 80 points. Three of them. Bedard. Cooley. Cooley. And then maybe Fantilli. Ooh. Maybe one of the others. Um, but three rookies with monster seasons this year. 
That's interesting. Shane Wright? Shane Wright. You never know. Maybe it's uh, that Poitras kid with the Bruins. Gonna, there is the a lot line. of rookies this year. Because like I mentioned last week, the rookie class last year was one guy. Yeah. So last year's first round draft class still are all rookies. So you have double the amount coming into this year. So maybe that's a Tim. That was so bold. I'm proud. No. That was the boldest one yet. So I'm just bad. creative. I'm bold. You're so bold. It's un- oh. unbelievable. All right. My last one. My Stanley Cup final will be an all Canadian matchup. Much wow. like last year, it's going to be Toronto and Edmonton in the Stanley Cup final. I don't think that's crazy bold, but I think it would be just a broadcaster's dream. It would be Gary Bettman's dream, an advertiser's dream. McDavid, Dreinsidel, Matthews, Marner. It would be a star-studded affair. It would be so fun to watch. The people in the States wouldn't care that much. The hockey fans would love it. It would be a free-flowing, up and down the ice. It would just be a treat to watch those two teams go against each other. So that's it. That's my fifth bold prediction. Edmonton-Toronto final. I like that. I mean, yeah, Batman would just salivate over that. But honestly, the, the average hockey fan would love that too. It would be I really think, good. I think it would be good for ratings. Yeah. It'd be like Taylor Swift coming to a hockey game. How about that? She the amount of like viewers for the Chiefs games now are through the jersey room. sales. It's insane. Four hundred percent growth of Kelsey jersey sales. I, I'm amazed that she moves the needle that much. Like a teenage girl sees her at a football game and she goes out and has to buy a Kelsey jersey. I saw some article that like her tour that she's doing right now is generating so much revenue that it's like it's showing up on like the GDP of the US right now. Like is that it's, wild? It's like billions. What what's what she's doing? It's crazy. She changes the like economic structure of the United States because she just does a tour. Yeah. They said one stop of her tour is more than Kelsey makes in a year. And he makes a lot of money. So yeah. like 20 million, I would imagine. 15 There's this- maybe. There's this like prank thing going around where women are re- they're recording their husbands like in the living room in the kitchen or whatever, and they're saying how uh, Taylor Swift is going to put Travis Kelsey on the map and that no one knew who he was before, and now he's going to be funny. famous. And they're all just like dropping their glasses, like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> he's multiple Super Bowls and all this stuff, and he's like, "No, he's going to be he's going to make it big now." You guys don't know. It's I like, have been watching him and his brother, the the new Heights show. It's good. They're entered. His brother's the talent. Like he's really funny, Jason Kelsey. I like him a lot. Me too. Although Eagles can't like him too much. Tim, um, the Pats are so bad. What do you think about Mac Jones? We're gonna turn this into a football show. Sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. it's getting harder to defend it because there's a lot of stats you can cherry pick and be like, you know what, this guy's better than we're giving him. Because like he's got a better QB rating than Josh Allen over the last like 18 months or something before the season started. Because if you look at just like because Allen throws so many interceptions. Yeah. So you can like does. cherry pick that and be like, you know what? He's there's give him a chance, give him an O-line, give him some threats. It's getting harder and harder to do that. He's you a know? bad quarterback. He really he's, is. He's a backup. He's he's yeah. gonna be a backup. He's gonna be uh who's that guy that came out of Texas? He's just a just a backup. So. Cole McCoy. Cole McCoy, yeah. That's not a bad thing. That guy makes four million a year. He does nothing. It's such a great job to be a backup quarterback. Who was the other the um the Alabama quarterback that won the national championship? AJ AJ something? McCarron. AJ yeah, McCarron. Same thing. Yeah. It's a yeah. beautiful job. Yeah. It's it's not Mac Jones. He's done. They got to get uh Colin Kaepernick. He's asking for jobs. Give him another chance. They're gonna draft the quarterback. I bet. It's amazing in that like everybody wants to be the quarterback. 
but there literally is on the planet probably 15 good quarterbacks. Isn't that wild? In the whole probably world. Less. Yeah. Guys who are are good at their job, who can just run an offense, stay healthy, and do it consistently for 10 to 15 years. It's so every other position, there's hundreds of guys that could do that job. They've they've proven it in the running back position. It's just it's insane. Like, how can you not just find good quarterbacks? Yeah, Pete, uh, Pete, what's his name? Our, our friend of the show. Blackburn. Pete Blackburn, yeah, he's from Are he's you Boston drunk? Guy. What's what? going on with you? I can't forget a name one time. You're, it's it's uncharacteristic of you. Okay, well, Pete yeah. Blackburn, he tweeted out the other day, he's like, football is a lot less fun when you, when you don't have the best quarterback of all time and you just win every game and you win 12 or 13 games every season and you win the Super Bowl every other year. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a lot less. It's a lot more frustrating now. Have they won a game the Pats yet? One. one. I think they're one and three. Yeah. The Bills just worked the Dolphins this week, too. Oh, it was pretty to watch. All right. What is your last bold prediction? My last one. You're going to love this one. This is actually I, I borrowed from last year. I'm going to do it again. The Bruins are going to win the Atlantic Division again. <laughs> That's my fifth and final bold prediction. Last year wasn't so bold. This year is definitely bold. Yeah. That's a good know. one. We'll see. We'll see. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way they win the Atlantic. Well, Vasilevsky's out. The Leafs. Florida's a big question mark. It's the Leafs. The Leafs. It's, it's the, the Leafs. Leafs. Division to lose. So. But, and then there's also the Sabres and the Senators, who I think have better rosters. The Sabres need to maybe address the goaltending situation. Devin Levi is good. He's shown flashes. But I think you got to bring in somebody more to kind of just hold down the fort if he has a little bit. Did they bring in Talbot? I'm trying to think if the Sabres brought in a, a vet that I don't know about. Let me I don't just know. check I'll look real up. quick. But I, that's that's the only thing that's holding them back right now. No, they got Eric Comrie and Devin Levi. You got you to gotta go and get someone else. With this roster, with these young guys, got Thompson Tucks. Like they got a good team. Cousins. It's, it's a good lineup. It's a playoff-worthy lineup for the Sabres. So, yeah, that's not the Bruins here. That's a good one, Tim. Anyways, anything else, Tim? Uh, no. No, we've done it. That's it. All right. Check out givebetter.com. And thanks everybody for joining us. And we'll talk to you on Friday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.